Speaking of movie theme songs that make you a little bit creeped out. Spooky. This one gets me. You know, we talked Jaws earlier. It's My Jam Movie Monday. RWRC Radio. We are listed and sold by Dustin White Realty. Live here in the Unico Bank Studios right here on 96.9. The Ticket. Northeast Arkansas Sports Station. Ritter Communications. Tube Town Channel 21. The Facebook Live. The TuneIn Radio app. And RWRCRadio.com. You know, there again, this is another one of those songs. When it first starts, you, you immediately recognize it. I mean, mm-hmm. you just say, boom. I know exactly what that's from. Yeah. You know, kind of like, you know, when we open up with the Top Gun. Oh, yeah. But I said, but when you hear that, I mean, immediately, it's like you recognize it. All right. We're going to get ready to hit the back in action hotline, as promised, and get ready to welcome to the show the head men's basketball coach of Arkansas State University, Coach Mike Bellato. What up? Hey, C. How you doing, my man? I'm good, brother. How about yourself? Oh, speaking of scary movies, you know the the one that really scared me the most that got me twisted when I was little? Nightmare on Elm Street. Remember that one? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good old Freddy Krueger. Yeah, that's uh... – that, that, Hey, if you don't go to Crystal Lake, you're good with Jason. You move out of the, the city, you're good with uh, uh, you know, <laughs> Michael Myers. But this dude followed you everywhere. Yeah, he was in your dreams. You know, I, Coach, and I know you well enough to know that uh, you ain't got to worry about nightmares because you don't sleep. <laughs> no, that's true. That for a couple of reasons. One, since March of 2017, I haven't slept a full night. But two, Freddy Krueger's in there too, so I don't want to mess with that dude. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, before we get to talking about some camps coming up and, and just get caught up on everything A-State men's basketball, I know you'll have an opinion on this, so I want to get your opinion and your expertise uh, on today's Calmer Solutions Hot Topic of the Day. Should Steph Curry be this year's NBA MVP? And I know you're a little partial to this dude over in Salt Lake City as well, mm-hmm. but uh, I want to get your opinion on this. You know, if you look at it, that's a great question. I just had this conversation with, with uh, my dad last night. It's funny because he's a big Steph Curry fan, and we're looking at his numbers, and the way he's playing is just so uh, out of the stratosphere right now, especially with a team that he has. You know, but mm-hmm. my biggest thing is I think the MVP of the league, which is the best, you know, obviously the most competitive league in the world, should be able to carry his team to a championship. And I don't know if he if he can do that this year. You know what I mean? So I think that even though his numbers look great and he's played, he's been a little hurt. Um, and it's going to be tough to name him the MVP. Now, is he, is he a first-team All-NBA? Absolutely. But MVP-wise, uh, it's very hard for me not to argue for Donovan Mitchell. I mean, a couple Come on. I, mean, I, I thought you might be a little partial, just a little bit. But, but, but here's the deal. It's not even – I am a little partial because I love the kid, you know, and I know him personally. But at the same time, if you look at his consistency throughout the year and what his team is, I got the best record in the league, you know. And he's they, – they, they're keen on him every night. And he's done mm-hmm. a great job of not only scoring the ball, he's shooting the ball great. But I think his assist numbers have been the best they've been since he's been in the NBA. You know what I mean? So – Guys like, you know, Royce O'Neal and other guys on that team, Jordan Clarkson, like he makes those guys better, you know. So I think it's been pretty impressive what he's done. So that's my vote. Coach, but, you know, we were sitting there talking earlier in the show today, you know, not only the NBA, but you look at, you know, NFL, Major League Baseball, and, you know, but apparently everybody thinks that's a prerequisite. You know, you, know, you have to be 
in striking distance of a championship or at least playing for a championship to be considered in the, in the MVP voting. But but I brought up several examples. But you know, as I but I said at the end of the day, yeah, there's been some times where, but I kind of consider them more like anomalies. You know, every once in a mm-hmm. while, it just kind of goes against the, I guess the the the, the thinking. And you, you'll get somebody that's and, – and I, and I brought up a good one because, you know, our, my man over here is a big Chicago Cubs fan. But in 1983, Andre Dawson played for the Cubs. They were in the last place. But he had tremendous numbers. But, and he ended up being MVP. And a lot – I just yeah. – and I still remember – On a last place team. Yeah. yeah. And, but I still remember people throwing a fit because he played for a last place team. He did, you know, and I get the argument. And here's the other thing: if you just talk about stats and numbers, then if you look at uh, Russell Westbrook, I mean, the guy's averaging. I mean, I don't know how many triple doubles he has. If you look at his numbers and what he's done for that team, yeah, then they're not very good. But if, you, if there's an argument for Russell to be MVP too, and I just don't think those guys that have an opportunity to go deep in the playoffs, you know, but should now should it be in consideration? Yes, but. Should it be given to them or, or them voting in it? I don't know because they're going to be forgotten about after the first, second round. You know what I mean? So, you're, you know, you always want to talk about, you know, I want to talk, uh, talk about the MVP should be a person that, that could probably, you know, raise a trophy for his team. And I just don't know if step now he's playing unbelievable. I mean, there's no question about it. But at the same time, like, you got to be in contention, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, let's shift gears a little bit, Coach. First and foremost, let, let's let's talk about the the state of A State men's basketball. You know, I seen uh, I can't remember who put the tweet out. It's been a while though, but in in just talking about how you are one of very few to be able to hold an entire squad together with the transfer portal, just talk about the squad, the returners what you anticipate, and, of course, uh, anything new that you can add to the mix. Well, I'll say this. It's May 17th, 11, 12 a.m. <laughs> As of right now, we have We're nobody good. at the transfer portal. <laughs> We're good. Uh, it's a day-by-day thing. You know, I think that this team really grew together. As the year went on with eight new players uh, that, that hadn't played the year before, uh, kind of learning each other through a very, very difficult year of – you know, we just did the. We had 179 practices. Out of those 179, 86 of them, we didn't have a full team. And out of the 86 practices that we didn't have a full team, we had 44 with missing three guys or more. So it, it's a number that people really don't know because they're not in there every day watching practice. Not like you have come by and mm-hmm. seen guys on the sideline. You know, so um, I'm very excited with this group. I think that the the attitude they've taken is. We were doing so well towards the end of the year. We finally got to know each other better. Why break this up? You know, why why leave for something they might think is better? I heard the best saying the other day. It says, the grass may be greener on the other side, but it really hasn't been cut. So there's still work to be done, you know? Mm. So why leave and just jump ship? I think you stay loyal uh, to the program that you're in and try to make that place better. I think every person that – when they came in my office at the end of the year, I wasn't expecting that from every player. There's always one or two or three that just maybe on the fence or just decided to leave. We didn't have that. They all came in and said, Coach, I'm committed. We're ready to go. I love these guys. I love this team. I love this place. Um, let's get let's get a championship here. And, you know, it's taken, it's taken a while. I mean, this is a while where this culture has been built where guys just aren't jumping ship. 
you know, who feel that Arkansas State could be something special and they want to be a part of it. And I, I'm really excited about this group. I've, it's kind of a, a place I haven't been in yet. You know, we, we didn't really do much recruiting in the offseason except for, you know, juniors and rising sophomores. It's all been um, re-recruiting our guys because of the portal. you got to do that. Yeah, every day it's a recruiting process with your own players because you can't be out of sight, out of mind with them because they're not here right now. They're home. So you don't know who's in their ear. You don't know who's telling them stuff. And next thing you know, um, they come in with a surprise, and we don't want that going into the summer. So uh, my job has been over the last month and, and continuing over the next couple of weeks to re-recruit the guys that we have because those are the guys that are going to help you win. Those are the guys that fought for you last year and went through tough times, and you want to make sure that they're, they're well taken care of. Coach Speaker, you know, you talk about, you know, a lot of the players at home. I had this question off the text line, uh, kind of a two-part question. Was one, what is the summer schedule for the players, and will they all be coming back the first semester of summer school? Yeah, great question. So the answer is yes to both. So the, their schedule is going to be they'll be here. we got a team meeting on June 6, 9 p.m., and we'll discuss, uh, you know, classes and summer times as far as workouts and things of that nature. And then we'll be going from June 6 all the way to August 1st, which will be an eight-week uh, uh, program, just like we've done every summer. Um, the, you know, Tom Bowen, our new athletic director, has been phenomenal at, at making sure our guys uh, will be able to get back here in the summer and work out. Um, it's going to be a little bit of a different workouts this year uh, because hmm. usually we start off at about 25, you know, miles per hour and, you know, rev up to about 100, 120. Well, now when we start on June 7th, every single person on that floor knows what we're doing. So we're going to start out about 75 miles per hour and rev up to about 200. Um, so guys will be ready to go. And we got to be very innovative. These guys know all the drills. These guys know all the terminology. These guys, so we got to keep it fresh and interesting for them to make sure that they're competing at a high level every day. So we're ready to come back uh, when we when school starts in August. We're we're in shape and ready to go. Well, coach, and and it was it was a very unique year that that everybody in the world of college athletics, high school athletics, all the way down, uh, you know, it was it was it was tough. I mean, it was tough to uh, you didn't know what what things were going to be like one hour to the next. Uh, I, I recall, you know, when you guys were getting ready to load up and, you know, head to, to Marshall. And then, of course, you picked up Moorhead State. And, I mean, things changed that day while I was at practice. It felt like three times just while I was at practice and where you were headed, what time you were leaving, who you were going to play. Um, and that was just one instance. I mean, it, it's – this should give you guys definitely, as long as things stay as as is, and we don't have something else that kind of throws us a curveball. This this should definitely have you guys well ahead of the eight ball versus where you were a year ago. I, I agree with that. You know, obviously with the personnel coming back and the familiarity they have with our system um, and themselves and their teammates, that's going to be a big help. I think that hopefully next year. From what we're seeing, things are getting back to normal as far as scheduling, and there, there, there should be no more uh, cancellations because of COVID. Although that's still on the table, it still might happen. Um, we're, we're, we're seeing a lot uh, less and less of that as, as we start building the schedule, which we're not even close to doing, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But um, you know, we are going to be ahead of the uh, of the eight ball. I think it's something that uh, is exciting for us. It's just making sure that we. Don't forget about the little things. You know, we still got to get back to fundamentals and, and talking about the little things that helped us win games last year and just, you know, emphasizing on those things as we build up towards the, the beginning of the year. But you're right. I mean, we had six games canceled last year, 
And out of the six, we only made up three of them. And out of those three that we made up, we made those up within a 12-hour, uh, you know, decision-making period. Like, do we go here or do we go there? So we we pride ourselves on preparation. You know, we were big on the coaching staff of preparing our guys to know what is coming and, and how to stop certain things in the game. A lot of times this year we didn't know. <laughs> we just went in there and tried to try to play. And all those games were early. So you can see how the, the, the first part of the season was affected us, but then later on going towards the end, we kind of peaked towards more February. Um, and, and hopefully it'll be, it'll be more normal next year. Well, and more normal would be good. And this team, I want to ask you, Coach, uh, for you, where do you feel like this team grew the most as the season went on? Because I, I felt like by the end of the year, uh, your team had became a, a, a tough out. And part two of this question is that growth that you see and and where that particular aspect was, how much does that excite you now moving forward since you guys will be a little bit ahead of where you were a year ago and can build off how you guys finished? Yeah, no, that's that's great questions. Uh, I think the first question, uh, the thing that we improved on the most, which was, and it's going to make sense when I tell you, is people understanding their role. You know, when you have a lot of new guys – they come in from different places. They're trying to think they need to do the same stuff they did at the place that they were at that level. And really, when you add more pieces to the puzzle, their role might be a little different. You know, we might need them to do this more as opposed to this. And I think in the beginning, people were kind of still trying to understand the system because of less practice time, not understanding where they fit in exactly. And then as we kept playing more games, you know, what really saved us, I'll tell you, was when they canceled the Texas State Series – and we were able to get a week of just kind of recalibrating ourselves and getting back to playing the way we know how to play. We established roles that week, and that's what changed for us. And and guys, not only knowing what the role is, but accepting it, you know, accepting that part of what do I need to do for this team for us to be good. And not, not one of them fought it. You know, I think they just didn't know. I think once we sat down and really explained to them and made them understand how important it was to do what they do, be a star in your role, and and when they did that, we were better. And then moving forward, now what we have to do is, even though they have a role established, that doesn't mean that roles don't change. So what can we do in the summertime, in the off season, to continue to improve the areas that you weren't as strong in last year? So when you're playing in your role, you're just better in it. And you can do other things to make people not understand, wow, this kid couldn't do that last year. You know, I'll give you an example. Norshad Omir, he's been in the gym every night shooting uh, 200 threes. I think it's big for him to be able to move his game to the perimeter to be able to hit shots from out there because now you're talking about a pretty dominant player that can do something else, you know. Um, and, you know, work, continue working with Caleb Fields on his three-point shooting. You know, Malcolm Farrington working on his off-the-dribble stuff, attacking the rim because he's such a good shooter. Can he do other things? Keon Wesley being more of a – and believe it or not, he's one of our better passers. We get, get him more involved and making plays for others because he's very intelligent when it comes to, to the game. You know, Antoine working on his body, continuing to finish where he – or start where he finished his freshman year. You know, those are things that I think moving forward, even though we all know each other and we all know the system, it's improving what they can do in their role, and that will make us a better team next year. Well, and and I did want to ask uh, quickly, Coach, about uh, Norshad Omir and uh, his impact, uh, of course, as a true freshman. And, um, you know, <laughs> as soon as the season was over, you heard fans going, but will he be in the transfer portal? Uh, because it, it was it was hard for anybody to ignore what Norshad brought to the table as a true freshman. And, and I know that garnered a lot of interest from around the country. 
It, it did. Uh, you know, I think in too much detail, we, we, we did try to fight some people trying to, you know, do things and, and try to get to him or people around him. Um, one thing I'll say about this young man, um, besides our close relationship, uh, that I have with him is he is such a loyal individual. And I, and I, I really realized that not only when I coached him every day, but I went with him to uh, Nicaragua and helped coach the national team and met his family. You know, his mom and dad are such salt of the earth people and his grandmother's a very, very, you know, loyal. They're just a loyal family. And, and he's happy, you know, he's happy. Why rough, ruffle the feathers when somebody enjoys where he's at is featured in a system and can continue to improve you know because the way he played last year nobody knew that not, not even myself like i knew he would eventually be good but nobody knows you know how much impact a person will make but when you watch him in practice every day it was simple where you knew where he was going to come in the game what he was going to do he just did it every day and he just continued to get better and better. And even with people focusing on him, I think his work ethic is off the charts. Look, he's working right now for a lawn company. He works from 8 in the morning to 3 in the afternoon, and there has not been one day that he's missed a workout. So after he gets off work, he gets he goes home, he, take, he rests, and he comes back at night and gets a workout in. So that's the type of person you're dealing with. You know, he's a very loyal, loyal young man, and, and he, he loves the school. He loves the people. He loves his teammates. And, you know, there's a lot to be said about people like that. And, and they're, they're, you don't find them a lot, you know. But, again, he's just got to continue to improve and, and get better. He will be um, more focused next year, but there will also be more focus on him from other teams as well. So he's got to learn how to, how to adjust uh, to that and continue to play at a high level. But, you know, believe me, I'm happy to say that he's back and, and, and that we're able to put out any fires before they, they were really even, even started and, and affected anybody. Coach, uh, another question off the text line. This is another two-parter. Uh, and usually about this time of year during the middle of summer, I usually ask this question, but they're already asking. Uh, any You see any changes in the rules coming into this season, or, or will there be some rule changes going into next season that you know of that's on the horizon? Yeah, the, we had a, a meeting the other day, an NABC call about certain things that they're proposing um one of them things that i think are good like you know them being able to review a goaltend instead of the last play of the game only within the last two minutes of the game i think that's good um because it, it could change an, an entire game you know it happened to us last year when they called a goaltend on mm -hmm. north Shed against monroe and it was not a goaltend you know what i mean it was the last play of the game but what happens if that play happened a minute earlier to change the whole outcome so i think that's a good one uh, they're discussing maybe on uh, widening the lane a little bit, making it more space for you know bigs to go to work. It's a little congested in there, so moving it out to about the NBA, um, you know, uh, dimensions. I think that's good, but there's still talks about that. The the one that really confuses me, I'm still trying to understand it. I thought it was good at first, but I, I really don't understand. Is the six foul rule? They're saying that now they want to propose players instead of having five fouls to have six, which is good because it keeps your better players on the floor. But the rules, there's a little kind of caveat to it. You can't foul more than three times and a half. <laughs> so, like, so I'm, yeah, so what I'm trying to understand is, okay, I get it because if your best player picks up two fouls in the first half, what happens with five fouls? you got to sit them. Yeah, you sit them you know, on the bench. you got to sit them because you can't play. Well, if picks up three in the first half, then you're in trouble. He picks up four with 18 minutes to go in the game. You can't play him until the last four or five minutes. But with this new rule, if he picks up two in the first, you can still play him. Now, if he picks up a third, you can sit him. 
But then going into the second half, he can't foul more than three times. That equals six. Well, what happens if your best player only fouls once in the first half? Right. You don't get five for the second half. You see what I'm saying? You right. still get the total of five. You know what I mean? So I, I, I'm, I'm a little confused by it, and I'm still trying to kind of wrap my head around it and understand it. I think every coach in the country is. Um, I wish it would just say, let's just go to six fouls. Just make it six it. and call it good and leave it up to y'all exactly. how, you, how, you, how, you, how you play them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let let us make the decision on how you play. Just give us the six fouls and we're good to go. You know what I mean? But I don't know. That's something that we're still thinking about. And then one rule that I think should be proposed, and it has been, but it's been shot down, is you know I think we're the only uh, basketball sport, meaning like men's basketball, NCAA, where we don't play with a quarter system. It's two halves of twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Everything else is ten minute quarters. I think you know in FIBA. I think uh, when you get to the pro level. Um, you're going to be playing with quarters. So I, I think that that's something that would hopefully change. But, again, TV controls a lot of that. So games go longer. You can't get uh, more – you can't crunch in games and, and networks and, you know, you're going to lose money and all that stuff. So I don't know if that's going to change, but that's something I think should be proposed because um, we're the only ones that, that do it by a half system, you know, by 20-minute halves. So I think the rule changes um, will be minimal this year, but there's the one that everybody's talking about is that six-file rule. And it'll be interesting to see what happens with that, you know, in the next couple months. You know, you funny thing you said that, you know, TV, you know, dictates that. But you, you would think with TV, they would say, yeah, let's do the 10-minute quarters because between those quarters, I mean, what is it, two, three, four minutes? Mm-hmm. I mean, they can, sell, they can sell a lot of advertising, you know, in that, in that amount no. of time. Plus, it gives – No, you're right. Plus, it gives no, you – It gives you that an extra time out – and you don't have to rush. You you know it's like okay, I got four minutes to sit there, sit here, and and tell my team okay, in the in the second quarter, this is what we do, what we need to do. No, you're right. And here's the deal: we're looking at it the wrong way, Uncle. We're we're looking at it from the 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 side of the person buying sponsorship for that network to be able to put their product out there. Because yes, there is more time. But guess what? It's not them fighting it; it's the network fighting it. Because the network's saying they're afraid that if we go to the quarter system, people will flip the channel. Oh, because they're going from first quarter to second quarter. It's too much time in between. Let's go watch another game. Mm. And then they're going to lose viewers on that network. That's the that's the reason, right? Mm. It's crazy. But, yeah. you know, that's that's what they're fighting. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, it's it's been – I know it's been talked about in the past, but it's kind of been kind of just like brushed off. But I think it's getting more and more evident. I'm hoping that, that we can, you know, move to that um, – but we'll see. But but it's you know TV shouldn't control a, a, a outcome of, of a game. You know what I mean. So, um, but we're, that's the reality of the way things are now. Coach, uh, it's summer, so you know the you know one of the main things we wanted to talk to you about is we know when summertime gets here, uh, summer is is right up on us. That uh, it's camp time, and I, I know uh, I know that's something that you're looking forward to, considering what COVID was a year ago. Uh, I know you're looking forward to uh, being able to have a camp again. Yeah, you know how excited I get about camp. I, I become the little kid that you know. I always I said this before when I used to go to camp when I was younger. I always went to these camps, these you know, these universities to really spend time with the coaches. You know what I mean, and really see the head coach. And what I come to find out when I was younger was the head coach was never there. You know, he would just show up to give awards uh, the last day, or he'd be there in the morning for about fifteen minutes, and you'd never see him. Like I always said to myself, if I ever have my own camp, I will never spend a day out of the gym and spend as much time as I can with these you know young kids. And I love camp. 
and ask my staff. They think I'm nuts. I'm jumping in drills. I'm doing talks after um, lunchtime. I'm, I'm refing games. I sometimes coach the games, you know, and get in there with the with the with the little kids. I think those are the future of the school, whether they're going to play or not. They might be students here one day, and you got to treat them great. And I want those little kids to come to games and, you know, maybe when they go to bed that night, they, they tell their parents, you know, I, I can't wait till I get to Arkansas State. And I think camp has a lot to do with that. So we brought it back this year. I'm so excited. We're going to have it June 21st through the 24th here on campus. Um, uh, the link is going to go up today uh, where people can sign up online uh, and, and get you know, everything, get their spot. They're rolling pretty quick. I've already had a bunch of emails and calls about when we're going to have camp. So once that link goes up, it's going to get filled up pretty quick. But, you know, again, I love this time of year because it allows our players to get involved with this young community and let them get to know them on a personal basis. And they get to work a little bit, make some money. And then also it allows the kids to be able to meet us, myself and our staff on a personal level. So they'll cheer just a little bit more when the season starts. So like I said, June 21st through the 20, 24th, and I'm excited to, to get this rolling again like we have in the past. Coach, and, and I know this, we're joined here by Coach Mike Bellato on the Back in Action Hotline. Go, I know that uh, one of the things that probably hits you is like what hit a lot of us. Um, when, when COVID hit uh, more than a year ago, I, I think it, it put a lot of things in perspective for a lot of people. Um, to, to not take just the common everyday thing for granted. And so in your world, Coach, talk about the things that, that really hit you from a coaching perspective, from the perspective of being a husband, a father, uh, you, you know, you being a father figure to this team of yours as well, uh, and, and how different that was and how much that maybe has changed you, what you've learned from it that you're going to carry with you uh, into this summer, into the offseason, into uh, – into the upcoming basketball season as well. Yeah, you know, one of the, the, the number one thing that really, really allowed me to kind of sit back and uh, evaluate myself on and teach better is how to dealing with adversity. You know, things are going to come at you pretty quick, and sometimes you have zero control over them. So it's not so much what the situation is, but how you react to it. And trying to teach these young men now that there's going to be other things in life that are going to affect you as a person, whether it be personally or professionally or athletically, whatever the case may be. And how do we attack that and make it not so much as a detriment, but try to use the situation as best we can as a positive. And this year, making the adjustments we made on the fly, you know, making adjustments in practice. I mean, there was times in practice where we didn't have 10 guys. Well, you can't play basketball if you don't play five on five, hmm. but can you still play and work on things four on four, three on three, or come up with different drills, um, to be able to work on certain things with less guys. I think that's great, too. It gives guys more rest and practice. Maybe we'll do a little bit more of that, you know. Um, so, so dealing with adversity, just adjusting on a, just a minute-to-minute basis was something that um, really helped me. Um, as a family person, I've seen how much has it affect, it's affected my kids. We've always been big on social interaction. And our guys, you know, my, my son and daughter being able to learn situations through real life um, experiences and they don't get that sitting at home on a computer uh, doing schoolwork. You know, it's hard. They don't, they're not around their friends. They're not around certain things. Look, I told my son, you got to get beat up one day on the playground so you learn. You know what I mean? It is what it is. Like, 
you know, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's true. You know, you, you know, you have to protect your sister. If she gets into something on the playground, you got to learn how to do that as a man. So um, those are things that we miss, you know. But now I, you look at the flip side. I got to spend so much time with them during that two, three months that, you know, I got to learn more and more about, you know, my wife and my kids that it was enjoyable to spend time with them. Even though we're under that umbrella, we couldn't go anywhere. We were kind of trapped in the house together. And I got to learn more about them and as a dad and become a better father and husband. So there are positives and negatives. You know, I do think I hope things get back to normal because that's how young people grow in life. They get to got to go through their own experiences. You can't do that sitting in at, at home on a computer. But at, at the same time, that's something we had to do. So, you know, it was good, good and bad. But the biggest thing was just adjusting and learning through deal with, deal with adversity. No doubt. Well, Coach, as always, man, we appreciate you coming on and, uh, and joining us. And uh, I know that this is going to be a big summer for your program. And uh, I know the guys are going to put in the work. And uh, hopefully uh, you have the ability to, to build off of some of the positive things we've seen towards the end of the season last year. And uh, maybe, just maybe, uh, you guys can cut down some nets and uh, make uh, everybody in, in, in Red Wolves Nation uh, extremely ecstatic and happy. And uh, hopefully that's what we have coming. But uh, we appreciate you joining us, brother man. I appreciate you guys, man. Thank you. Season tickets are on sale. You guys call the Red Wolf Foundation. Get your tickets. Come to camp. I look forward to seeing everybody out there. Guys, appreciate your time anytime. Thank you so much, man. See you, buddy. Coach Mike Bellotto, man. And, uh, you know, being able to hold that team together. I mean, granted, like he said, it's it's May 17th. And, you know, you still got to hold it together. But – um, to be able to keep that nucleus together. Oh, it means uh, – well, like he said. Because you did uh, – hey, listen, I, I don't care how critical you may be of the program and uh, of that team. If you watch the games, there's no way you could not see improvement. Right. To, to me, the improvement from the beginning of the season to the end of, uh, end of the season was huge. Right. Now, they have to continue to build off of that. Right. They cannot start the season like they did a year ago. Right. They're going to have to build off of that. And, uh, and like Coach said, you know, it's like they started 25 miles an hour and well, ramped it up. That's what I was Now doing. they're starting at 75 yeah. miles per hour shooting for I, 200. I think that was the most pertinent thing he said is that because of everybody is back, so when we start, you know, summer school and start the summer workouts, you know, there's no teaching because, like he said, they all know what the drills are. And trust me. That man right there is well aware yeah. of what's on the line. Yeah. He's well aware of it. And, and I'll tell you, you know, I, I go to practice. And I don't mind saying it. He might not want me to say it, but I'm going to say it anyway, and I might just get a bad text message from him. But there were days that I was there, back-to-back days, and he was in the same clothes. I went to a practice the day after a game. The day after a game that they happened to have lost. Mm-hmm. And he was in the same clothes that he was in the night before when I did post game for the loss. He had not went home. He had not went home. He stayed all night, watched film, and worked on a plan to get practice together and get these guys where they need to be. That that's what he did. I, I promise. I, I promise you. This guy does not take losing lightly. He he does not, and it takes a toll on him. I can tell you, I've seen it up close and personal, and uh, I, I'm excited about the, the the prospects of this team building off of 
what they built a year ago. Yeah. Because they did. They had to learn roles. I mean, you don't think a North Shadow Mirror is going to be better in year two than he was in year one? Should be. <laughs> I mean. Should be. I, I mean, it just just looking at this squad, you don't, you don't think Marquise Davis, uh, a year removed from junior college, well, is going to be better? Well. Oh, he's going to be better. What's the thing that you always say uh, uh, about in, in any college sports, there's so much improvement from a, an athlete's first year to that second year. Because they got, they finally got that first year underneath their belt. They've got that experience. So by the time you know the second year comes, you know you see a a, a big, big jump mm-hmm. in improvement. I, I'm going to tell you, I'm excited to see what Keon Wesley does in his second year at Arkansas State. Uh, he showed flashes of being really, really good. Uh, even a guy like Caleb London, who played, he played a limited role, but he was a true freshman is going to learn and build off of his freshman campaign. And the good news is it was like last year didn't even count. Yeah. And so, um, you know, a guy like Christian Willis, see Will as hard as he works, you know he's going to improve. Caleb Fields, Avery Feltz. Avery Feltz showed signs a, a year ago. Now he's going to be technically in his third year, but he's only going to be technically a redshirt freshman again. Yeah, because technically la- like you said, last year didn't count. Um, and so there's a lot to be excited about. Malcolm Farrington, I, I tried to tell people, hey, the dude can shoot the lights out. Just wait until he's healthy. And, and guess what? He shot the lights out last and, and year. What I, and what I really love about this team, oh, yeah, this guy's coming back for his fifth year because last year didn't count. And you know who I'm talking about. You're looking at him right there. Well, I mean, I assume you're talking about Marquise. Yeah. You know, and Marquise, you know, was testing the testing the the pro waters to see what that looks like. But if you have a Marquise Eaton back, you have Caleb Fields back, you have this team back that has started to gel together. And if you can find room to add a, a guy or two before the season starts, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? But uh, I, I think I, I'm really excited about what – what this team has the potential to do because they were a tough out. They were a tough out a year ago by the time the end of the season got here. Right. And so let's let's see how they build on it. It's going to be vital to me, in my opinion, that they have a quick start. Uh, you know, and Coach Bilal was talking about, you know, season tickets, you know, the Redwood Foundation. Uh, or, like I said, you can go online, astateredwolves.com. Or better yet, and this is such an easy number to remember, 972 ASU1. You know, who, who, I mean, who, how can you not forget that number? 972 ASU1. And, uh, but whichever way you want to do it, get your season tickets because I think, I think, I think this year is going to be, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. And, and you won't have the restrictions that you had a year ago, yeah. and it's only going to get better. So, uh, anyway, 1141, that was a lengthy segment. Appreciate Coach Mike Bellato uh, for joining us. Uh, talked everything. We talked NBA MVP. We talked the offseason. We talked his summer camps. I mean, got a lot in. Rule changes. In. Rule changes even. Yeah, there you go. All right, when we come back, we'll get into five random facts on this Monday. Brought to you by Orville's Men's Store. Shop Orville's. Show off your stash.